Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1436. Today on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the United Arab Emirates Concord Elegance that takes place December 12th, 13th, and 14th in Dubai at the Bulgari Hotel and Resort. To learn more, go to uaeconcor.com. You have to be selective and focus on what is important. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car, have two cars, or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYA and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest. Calling in near Paris, France, Patrick Rollet. Hey, Patrick, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. All right. We'll have some fun here. Patrick Rollet is the past president of FIVA. Founded in 1966, FIVA is the Worldwide Federation Association of Historic Automobile Clubs. Be they for veteran, vintage pre-war, or post-war classic automobiles, including motorcycles and trucks that are at least 30 years old. Viva's goal is to protect and promote world motoring heritage. Patrick will be a distinguished judge at this year's UAE Concours in Dubai. His career spans decades and includes consulting and marketing. He has been involved in the automotive world since working at the Paris Motor Show back in 1965 on the Aston Martin stand as an intern and he is a member of numerous automobile clubs and organizations. Patrick has been involved with FIVA since 2005 and has authored several books and many articles in HV Press and Club Magazines. In 2019, he was honored by the Chevrolet's Order of the Arts and Letters in France. 
So Patrick, I have told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, sure, just a little bit more about your life and your career and a very obvious passion that you have for automobiles before I jump into the questions? Okay, well, uh, it's it's hard. Well, it's always hard to uh, say things in, uh, in in two minutes, but <laughs> I'll try. I think <laughs> your, your description was just fine. Uh, professionally, I have been uh, uh, um, um, a strategy and management consultant for years uh, with with big firms, and I ended up having my own uh, my own company, and um, I had a very good time meeting uh, interesting people. Uh, sometimes, actually, in some board of directors, you could find some uh, people who had uh, historic vehicles, which made things even more fun. Um, and uh, it helped me uh, travel extensively. And, of course, I kept doing that uh, with uh, fever. Um, just one slight correction, if I may, or it's not a correction, but it's a precision. Um, th- this international uh, organization for historic vehicles, FIVA, is definitely for cars, yes, but also for motorbikes, for trucks and uh, and tractors, anything which has a, a motor and using public roads. Actually, uh, let's face it, the, the car is a, a bit invasive, and our motorcycle uh, friends or utilitarian enthusiasts sometimes uh, are, are sorry for it. So to try to, it's just a little joke, but to try to make things a little bit more balanced at any General Assembly at FIVA, anybody who uh, talks of car instead of vehicle is fined five euros. And, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, we collect all that and... Uh, have a, a jolly good drink together. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time I come over there and visit you, I'm going to be very careful to keep my money in my pocket and say the right words. I think that's splendid. That's very cool. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about you and FIVA and the uh, the Concord that's coming up here in the United Arab Emirates. But first, I want to ask you for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success throughout these years. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Patrick, take the wheel. Oh, well, again, it's uh, it's quite difficult. I didn't prepare this, uh, this uh, conversation with you as I should, maybe, but uh, what comes to my mind is uh, to, how can I say, to choose your fight. We are all of us confronted with many, many issues, especially when you happen to to be in a large organization. And I think you have to be selective and focus on what is important. Sometimes it's very difficult, but I think it's key to uh, to see the uh, strategic element in the situation and not to get lost in uh, into details. Although. Uh, details are sometimes very important. That's what makes the the job fun anyway. <laughs> Focus, but not to be afraid to see that uh, a, a kill. I mean, I think there's a Polish say which says that uh, the devil is in the detail. Ah, yes. <laughs> no, yes, there's... Focus, focus, focus on, the, on the key aspects of a situation, I think. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I wish more people on social media would consider that before they start typing. Uh, <laughs> it might be a more pleasant and fun place uh, to visit every day and see what people's thoughts are. But 
Um, I, I would imagine with a large organization like FIVA, this is very important because it yeah. would be very easy to get caught up in the minutia, yeah. the details, and all the little things when you need to step back and, and really look at the big picture. FIVA is such a, a wonderful organization. It's been around for a long time and yeah. is so important to the automotive collector and hobby and professional mm-hmm. industry. I think it's great. You know what I was thinking of when you were talking about FIVA and vehicles, automobiles and cars and trucks and motorcycles is, uh, you know, down the road, 50 years from now, when they're going to be including electric vehicles (laughs) in this whole collection. Yeah, Yeah, which will be very interesting to see this trend. You and I will most likely be long gone, but uh, it'll be very, very interesting as this big transition is happening uh, right now in the automotive world. It's absolutely, well, spectacular, I think, in many ways. Whether you like it or not, change is coming. It will always come and it will always change. I would love for you to share a story about yourself now. Go back in time and talk about a story that instigated this passion you have for cars. I mentioned in your introduction back in 65, you were an intern on the stand at the Paris Motor Show for Aston Martin. What a nice way to start. But is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were indeed going to be a lifelong car guy? I got interested in cars much earlier than that, actually, when I was about uh, eight or nine. I had uh, um, a kind of disease which kept me in bed for about six months. Uh, my grandfather uh, used to be uh, subscribing to a, a car magazine at the time, a French car magazine. And since I had absolutely nothing to do all day, I I read I think it was a monthly magazine, so I had plenty of time to read absolutely every single page of it and the <laughs> ads and everything. Yeah. And so I became quite, I wouldn't say knowledgeable, but uh, uh, interested in in thing. And there were cars of the, uh, at that time, it was the, the, the 40s and 50s, which is a period which I still like very much for historic vehicles and, and the 30s as well. I think that's where it started. And then, indeed, my first paid job, but it was just for a fortnight, was uh, at the Paris show uh, on the Aston stand, which indeed was uh, quite an experience because you you could see all these uh, movie stars and uh, quite wealthy people uh, visiting the stand. But uh, it did uh, deepen my interest for, at that time it was cars, but uh, I think the... uh, the um, the seeds have been have, have been sown, as I said, about ten years earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was a tough way, or I should say, a very challenging way to go through with that health issue you had. But what a wonderful learning lesson! And uh, there was something good that came out of that difficult time in your life for sure. And I love the fact, you know, being on the stand at the Paris Motor Show in the mid '60s with Aston Martin. You think of the very famous DB cars. Uh, yep. you know, known yep. for, uh, 007 and all of this. So, uh, what a wonderful time for a young man to be around some splendid cars and very, uh, spectacular people. Uh, let's talk a bit, uh, about a challenge or even a failure you faced along the way in your life. And, and I do this not so much to bring up a difficult time for you, but more so to share the learning lesson there and how you came out of that experience in a positive way so that maybe there's a listener out there going through something similar. They can see a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel that's not a train coming. So walk us through one of those uh, those times in your life, if you would, and tell us how it was learning for you. 
I'm not sure I answer your question, but um, I, I'm talking of the, the biggest challenge I see for the historic car and vehicle movement. Mm. Oh, great. Good. I don't know if that's... Uh, yes, we'll take it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm cheating because I would see two two challenges, which are probably interfaced to each other. One is, uh, and you mentioned it a little bit before, is to answer the question: Will we be able to use our historic vehicles in, uh, in twenty, thirty, forty years from now? Uh, and we've got, uh, I would say classic issues which are not new and which stay with us it's anything dealing with uh, environmental protection and road safety so we we have to uh, explain to public authorities that uh, actually our vehicles uh, yes indeed are not as safe or uh, or pollute more than modern vehicles especially electric ones but my theory there is that our vehicles are different and I think it's only justice to treat uh, things which are not equal in a different way, if you see what I mean. And it's it's uh, and our vehicles are different. The, the norms existing at the time were different, and uh, we have to respect that. Another way of also of uh, uh, trying to I wouldn't say fight, but to negotiate with. Uh, uh, authorities is to use uh, another card essential to me to consider our vehicles uh, part of the national or world motoring heritage. Consider there is a culture aspect in our historic vehicles and I don't know about uh, California or other countries but uh, in France at least as we say you don't touch culture. So yes, we, <laughs> we, we have been so far, I touch wood, relatively successful in fighting uh, or in, in negotiating uh, in a positive way these sort of constraints, which are perfectly legitimate. We, we do not cont contest that vehicles on the road have to be safe and as little uh, bring uh, as little pollution as possible. It's just that we've got arguments, including the, the culture war. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is an important point because, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, I understand, if, for instance, in Paris, there are rules about some older cars. Is it true they're not allowed in the city? Uh, because of <laughs> yes and no, precisely. Okay. The, the Paris case is extremely interesting. It's not because I'm French I say that, because it's probably, it could be a best practice. So it's very similar to what's happening in many countries in Europe, including Germany as well. In France, you have, and in Germany and in Belgium and in other countries, you have special driving permit for cars, so V5 in England or car degrees in, in France. Um, different whether your vehicle is a regular vehicle or it's, if it's a historic vehicle. And you have a definition for historic vehicles. And if your vehicle is historic in Paris, it has no restrictions of use whatsoever. Absolutely none. It's only if the car is older than whatever year, which corresponds to Euro 4 or Euro 3 standards, then it can't be used uh, um, between 8 at, in the morning and 8 at night. But again, if it's considered historic and you can prove it, then you can use your vehicle all the time. Same thing for the main cities in uh, Germany. Oh, okay. Well, 
there's something maybe not as restrictive, but somewhat similar in many states here in the United States. For instance, I live in Washington state. And once your car is over 30, I believe it's 30 years here. Yeah, um, it's the same with FIBA. We, we recommend 30 years of age. Yes. Yeah. You can get a special collector plate for your car. And the benefit of that collector plate here is you don't have to re-register and repay for your tabs every year. However, you are restricted that it cannot be your daily driver and that it needs to only be driven a certain number of years or to special events, special driving events, things like that. So uh, there's a benefit there and a restriction in a way. But if you in this country or in this state, and I think in most of the states in the U.S., if you still want to drive an old car every day, you can, but you still have to register it and, and so forth. I think California is probably one of the most restrictive states and they have certain rules and laws and things like that. But, um, I, you know, I love the concept that it's culture and it's history and we shouldn't mess with that. Uh, we need to understand it and preserve it and understand it. And I know going to car shows when little children are there and they see a car that's old and they go, what is that? Like, you know, where? Where's the stereo system in this this old Cadillac? Well, they didn't have stereos back then. So, yeah, well, I think it's fantastic, and I think we can all learn from these things. I would like to maybe have a little bit of fun here and talk to you about your first really special vehicle, that first car in your life that was really, really special for you, and maybe share a memory you have about that ride. So what was it? Well, um, oh, my very first cars had nothing special. Uh, I was a student at the time I was in uh, southern France. It was a Renault 8. Uh, mm. And then um, after I went into a higher education, I moved to America, to Washington, D.C. And there I, I hit the jackpot, I thought, by buying um, a very second-hand uh, 3.8 Jaguar Mark II. Uh, so that that was a, a different kettle of fish. I mean, very, very powerful, <laughs> <laughs> very powerful uh, car. I, I absolutely loved it, uh, except I was still a student uh, you know, taking an MBA. And um, I didn't, well, you know, when you're young, I made a kind of a race at night going to Dallas Airport with some uh, Mustangs or whatever uh, <laughs> <laughs> to show what the old continental, I mean, not continental, but the British Isles could bring in terms of uh, um, mechanical engineering. And I won the race but lost the car practically because there was not enough oil and uh, a piston ring uh, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> collapsed and uh, <laughs> It was very expensive to repair for, for a part, which is probably a few fa- cents uh, expensive. You, you have to open the whole engine. So that was the end of my um, uh, very, very first uh, car love, if I may, if I may say. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a, a sad ending. But, you know, yeah. they say with uh, and I'm going to pick on British cars a little bit here, but that's just because I can is. You know, if there's not leaking drips in the driveway, then it's out of oil. So uh, <laughs> I could say the thing, same thing about my older well, Porsche at as least well. If it leaks, it means you still have some oil in it. Yes, absolutely. And that's important, especially in an old car. Oh, my gosh. Well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you still had? Well, I uh, much later on, because then I had to work seriously in my uh, business consultancy, so I I didn't use any story vehicle for a while, and then came back when I was a bit older and uh, had various things, and 
Well, one was a mistake, but I had fun with it all the same. It's uh, another English product, the Jensen, Jensen Interceptor with a oh yeah, big, uh, big Chrysler V8. <laughs> um, yep. Well, it was uh, not a sports car, but uh, very comfortable. I swapped that for a something totally different, which was a Aston Martin, precisely a DB24, um, the, the three-liter version, which brought back many memories I experienced with the Jaguar. I mean, uh, really cars with, uh, you know, uh, very amazing uh, power, um, very precise on the road. I mean, the steering and all that. Uh, real sports cars. The road holding is fabulous. The, the brakes are terrible, but uh, it's uh, it's ideal on, on the country lanes. <laughs> yes, I would think so. When I was a, a boy, young, I wanted to, to buy a car, and the neighbor had a, a beautiful uh, Austin Healey that I really wanted. Oh, my, yeah. my father said, well, do you want a car that you'll be working on all the time, or a car that you can actually drive every day? <laughs> and my father started his his passion for cars with a 49 MGTC, so he knew from which he was speaking, but uh, I ended up with a uh, a German car, a Carmen Ghia, and it served me well during my high school days, so very fun. Well, I would love for you to share more with our listeners about FIVA and about the UAE, UAE Concours and your position there as a judge, but let's start with FIVA. I would like for you to go a little bit more in depth about FIVA, what it means to cars, to culture, to trucks, motorcycles. Automobiles. See, I got, I just got fined five euros, didn't I? I said the word cars. Dang, this is getting expensive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's okay. We'll have a drink afterwards and we'll have a nice well, time, Patrick. Good drink. I'm not sure in the UAE it's the best place for that, but. <laughs> well, no, no, we won't go there. We'll, we'll stay in, in, in France because I know you have a splendid wines there. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we'll enjoy some of that. But let's talk about FIVA first, okay? Yeah, well, in a nutshell, we are there to uh, to protect, to preserve, and to promote world motoring heritage. It's a big job, and uh, it addresses uh, everyone. When we talk about uh, motoring heritage, world motoring heritage, we want to be talking to the general public. When they see an historic vehicle at an event or going by, they must realize it's part of the, uh, of the culture. Uh, it's part of the engineering and, and, and aesthetic, uh, and social, uh, history of their country or the country which, which built it. Uh, it's a much wider vision, if I may say, uh, than, uh, the one we had before, which was very good because it was a good communication sentence. It was yesterday's vehicles on tomorrow's roads. It sounds great. It's very good, but it's still absolutely essential. That's what we talked about a bit before. It's to defend the right to use our vehicles and keep them on the road, whatever happens, including automated or electric vehicles. But it is what I felt with uh, our team too narrow-minded, too intrinsically directed towards the uh, historic vehicle community. We're marvelous people. We love them. We we work for them. We we drive for them, if you want. But uh, they do not represent the whole world. What we are interested in now is beyond that, but including that uh, yesterday's vehicles on the moral road, to address well, it looks a bit pompous, but to address mankind, uh, because each of these vehicles are part of our common heritage. Each of, vehicle, uh, of, of these vehicles has a story to tell. 
which everyone, I think, in the street is interested to know. Your car, your bike has a history to tell. Which which story? Let let's uh, and and then we can get people interested if you want. The second challenge for FIVA, um, with that uh, I think noble vision, is to make sure that in 50 years' time, let's say we can still use our, our vehicles, that there will still be people to drive them. Uh, because um, socially, um, um, the um, feeling of younger generations towards the automobile in general has changed. Uh, you mentioned change at the beginning. It's not the same. The number of young people uh, uh, taking a driving license is decreasing. Uh, uh, when they have one, they don't necessarily need to buy um, a car or a bike or a, or whatever. They can rent it or use, uh, you know, some uh, like Uber or Lyft or yeah. yeah, Zipcar yeah. or what? Yeah, right. So um, I think FIVA, which at the origin is a club of club of clubs. Because we gather federations together, generally one big federation per country or one big club per country, uh, are, are based on clubs. And uh, on top of it, when they are young people, they are not necessarily interested not only in automobiles, but in joining a club. Uh, with Facebook and all the rest, uh, you can uh, organize a, um, a very quick event the next day with your friends, and you don't need to be part of a club for that. Right, exactly. Are you are you seeing or is FIVA as an organization? Uh, are you bringing in younger people as part of FIVA to work within the organization? Is that happening? Uh, that's, um, I don't want to get too much in, in, in details, but normally, uh, so far, uh, we have been uh, gathering clubs and encouraging each national club to find ways to bring uh, more children. And some of our members, which are national federations or, or national clubs generally, are very good at it. And um, progress comes from countries you wouldn't expect sometimes. I mean, we have wonderful stories of things happening in uh, in India or in Turkey where they have club board members um, organizing, uh, bringing the uh, historic vehicles into primary schools, you know. To oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, to confront very, very young kids with what what is uh, an historic vehicle. Uh, there's a lovely little film somewhere on YouTube about Turkey, precisely, where, where um, a woman of about 25, 30, herself not being very old, um, brings a little Ford Anglia. I don't know if you remember. Oh, yeah. I yeah. know that car. Yes. By 1958 or 59, whatever. Bright mm-hmm. red with a, right, with a white roof. Uh, with the, that inverted back window is quite funny, and she yes. brings it. She brings it to the uh, to the, the the yard inside the primary school, and she just films uh, the kids getting out for the the coffee break or whatever <laughs> in the playground. Yeah, and the car is in the middle, and she just records the expressions of the kids, all the laughter or or the excitement and what they say. (laughs) Mm, How fun. uh, It's translated into English and it's absolutely amazing. Wow. Uh, It's very refreshing. And uh, same thing in India. Uh, Their theory, uh, these people out there, is you've got to expose 
very, very young people, very young kids. Mm-hmm. Right, to get them encouraged. Yeah, boys and and girls. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to see if I can find that and post a link to that video on your show notes page here in Cars. Yeah, the Ford Anglia, uh, I raced, my first vintage race car was a uh, 1960 Lotus Formula Junior, an 18. And the engine in that car was from an Anglia. It was modified a bit. Uh, The the gearbox was French. It was Renault. Um, so it was very delicate. You had to be very yeah. careful with it, but, uh, fantastic. I love the whole concept of that of just placing a car in a yard and letting the kids explore and understand. Tell me a little bit about your anticipation for the upcoming UA, UAE Concord. You're a judge for this Concord event. I'm promoting the Concord all this week here on Cars. Yeah. What are you looking forward to for this event this year? Well, uh, well, lots of things. Um, seeing interesting vehicles, uh, seeing, um, uh, skillful and talented people. And uh, it'll be warmer than uh, tonight in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a little bit. Yeah, I hear there's a desert there. So <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yes, right. But um, I, I don't know. I don't know this concours. I remember I have been to Dubai a couple of times before. I can't remember if it's the same organizers, but I liked it very much. Dubai is just an amazing place. I mean, it's really worth the trip. Uh, it's really a, a town of the 21st century in the middle of nowhere, really. Um, and But they have a, a large avenue just by this huge tower. I forgot the name. The tallest building in the world, I think. Along this avenue... They presented the cars, they exhibited the, the, the cars and the uh, bikes, uh, all of them historic. And they were guarded at night, but they stayed for five or six nights. Now, all of, uh, all of them were not concours, but you could find, you know, really, really hundreds of uh, Chevys and Pontiacs and Fords and, uh, and um, English stuff and German stuff. Really uh, very interesting. And what I like most, it was the public could see them absolutely free. And they, they passed the word and they were crowds, absolute crowds and families to, to look at that. That's what I like. Again, promote world motoring heritage is not only uh, making nice little events between friends, which is fine, fine with me. But beyond that, it's to think of showing these vehicles explaining what they are, explaining their story. And I hope, I hope there's a little bit of that in, in Dubai uh, when yes. we go there. I think there will be. And I remind our listeners, some of the other judges that will be there with Patrick, uh, Sandra Button, who's been a guest here on Cars, yeah, three times now. Nigel Matthews has been a guest here. Richard Adato. Uh, Simon Kidston's going to be a judge there. We're not able to get him on before the event, but he'll be a guest coming in uh, the latter part of this year here on Cars, yeah and a few other people. So uh, you can go and learn a lot more about this event at uaeconcord.com. And if you would like to learn more about FIVA, just go to FIVA, F-I-V-A dot org. Multiple languages there, depending on what language you speak, and you'll enjoy learning more about FIVA. Patrick, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars yeah sponsors. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street 
and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new AVS2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com. To check out the latest products for your ride and when you're ready to check out, enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10% off your order. That's Edelbrock, automotive performance since 1938. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified. And he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars yeah website at carsyeah.com. All right, Patrick, we are back. I have a bit of an introspective question for you. It might be a little odd. Maybe somebody's ever asked you this before. I hope not. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifested as a car, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, an automotive vehicle, not just a car. It could be a bike or a truck. I just saved myself five euros there. What would Patrick be and why? Oh, Jimmy, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's an odd question, but the way I kind of like to have you think about this is... Uh, Something uh, uh, classic with four wheels. Okay. Uh, not too show-offy, not too sporty. Hopefully... How can I say? I'm looking for my words, but <laughs> uh, respectable, uh, uh-huh. possibly slightly elegant. Uh, okay. And uh, I don't know if I answer your question, but. <laughs> well, let me let me narrow it down a little. Would you be, let's say, because you have an affinity towards uh, British cars, would you be a British car or French car? Ah, well, well, I, I indeed, I, I have an affinity for um, British cars, but I. I, I love some uh, some there are great French French cars in uh, in history. I mean, uh, yes, especially Citroens. They were so innovative um, in oh, yeah. many points from 1934 till I don't know 75 uh, with great names like the Fraction, the Deux Chevaux, the DS, of course. Uh, so uh, not necessarily British. <laughs> okay, so we've narrowed it down to France, which makes sense for who Patrick is. So if right off the top of your head, you had to pick a car that was French that you associate with somehow, somehow in your heart, what car would it be? 
Well, we I could uh, I wouldn't mind uh, being a facile Vega then. Oh, okay, a little American power under the well, hood, exactly. but that's French design. That's another yeah. facet which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, okay, there you go. We got there. All right, Patrick, this next round is kind of the lightning round, uh the last lap as I call it. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask for some very quick short answers. So, here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? For historic vehicles, buy what you like. Yes, absolutely, because you might be stuck with it. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes over the years? Uh, Listen to people. Mm, Nice. How about a resource? Is there a resource, a go-to for you that you think our listeners should uh, go to? And I have a feeling the right answer here might just be four letters, F-I-V-A maybe? Oh, <laughs> well, you remove the words from my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to make sure people understand and go and explore the FIVA website. This is so important, what you're doing here. Um, it really is important to the future of the automobile and for those of us who love it. So I would encourage listeners, FIVA.org, please go there. It's a wonderful resource. You can be a part of this, it, no matter what part of the community you live in. Definitely, FIVA is important to us automotive enthusiasts. If I may add, on the FIVA website, uh, you have the list of our members, which is the list of the countries which are part of FIVA. And if you come from the USA, have a look at Historic Vehicle Association, HVA. If you are from Britain, it's the FBHVC. If you are from Germany, it's ADAC, Italy, it's RZ, etc., etc. Because... Uh, listeners may be rightfully so actually <laughs> interested in what their own country is doing to yes. promote, protect and preserve the national um, motoring heritage. Absolutely. Viva is trying to coordinate uh, all that. Right. And here in the United States, I've had several people involved with HVA as guests here on the show. So check it out. Now, uh, Patrick, if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to sit down and have a, a nice glass of wine or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or your past, deceased, who would it be? Ah, difficult question. Yes. I have uh, a lot of admiration for people like Dr. Fred Simeone in Pennsylvania. Uh, I think his ideas uh, and thoughts um, about preservation are most excellent. I, I like the gentleman. I had the pleasure to meet and talk with him several times. Mr. Mullin, Peter Mullin, is um, equally interesting. Um, the, these people are um, absolute enthusiasts, which is wonderful. Uh, they are great thinkers as well. Other famous people I wouldn't mind having a drink with would be uh, a bit more exuberant, but just as interesting as uh, people like Jay Leno. Yes. <laughs> yeah, in his garage. Well, Fred Simeon and um, uh, Peter Mullen have both been guests here on Cars, yeah. So those listeners that missed my talks with those very, very interesting gentlemen who have incredible collections and prowess with cars can go back and listen to those talks on the Cars, yeah website. Patrick, is there a book that you've read that you'd like to share with our listeners? It could be about cars or anything else. Ah, well, that's, uh, shall we stick to, to vehicles? Because yes. uh, otherwise we might uh, go into, uh, I don't know. Wander, I, wander <laughs> off into the ditch. <laughs> well, there's um, a journalist and writer in the automobile world from India. 
His name is Gautam Sen, and he wrote a book which I think is very interesting. Um, it's called uh, One Million, No, Hundred Billion Cars for One Billion People. It's the it's the story of the um, uh, the history of the automobile in India, and oh. it's just so different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody's ever recommended that book. It's not known, sure. but you can find it on the uh, internet. You know. <laughs> there you go. I'll make sure I put a link to that on Patrick's show notes page so you can find that. All right, Patrick. We're almost done here today. We're up to the checkered flag, though. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy today. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. doesn't matter who owns it. If it's Peter Mullen, I'll get one from him or Ralph Lauren or anybody in the world. But there are a couple rules to this game that may make it a little bit more of a challenge. One is it's the only collector car you can have, just one. The other is you have to drive it. No garage queens or museum pieces here. And it's the only, uh, it's a car you can't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with. So that little trick is off the table. So what can I buy you today? Oh, if I understand the question rightly, car I'm, I, I can drive. Yes, of course. I want you to drive it. That's mandatory. And enjoy thoroughly. Yes, enjoy. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I dream of a um, DB4 Aston Martin. <laughs> if it's, uh, the, if yeah. it's a correct answer, it's, uh, it's a wonderful machine, I think, and it's such a beautiful one. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that would be a nice car. I could see you having some fun in that in the countryside there in, in France. Uh, down to uh, maybe a vineyard to enjoy an afternoon wine tasting or something like that. Okay, I'll get to work on that. What color would you like that DB4 to be? Ah, well, I actually know one which is pale green. There's nothing wrong with that. Ah. And the, the inside being a, a lovely darker green in leather, of course. <laughs> of course, yeah, sounds splendid. Patrick, you've taken me on a wonderful ride today. I want to thank you for calling in all the way from over the pond in France there. I want to thank you for sharing your amazing life journey with us. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the French countryside in that beautiful DB4? Enjoy it. Enjoy life. Carpe diem, as the Latin would say. <laughs> yes, carpe diem, or as we say over here, my good friend Dwight Knowlton, carpe viem, sees ah. the road. So there you go. All right. Well, listeners, I'll make sure I put links to everything that we've talked about today on Patrick's show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com and click on that. You'll find everything under Patrick Rollet, R-O-L-L-E-T. All right, Patrick, thank you for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your amazing life's uh, experiences with us. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. Thank you very much. See you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Merci. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up. 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!